Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. This is the off-season edition, but you know what? Here at Fantasy Football Diagnostics, there really is no off-season. That thing lasted like a week. But, of course, got my guy, my co-host, Greg Penniman. Uh, he's, he has an expiration date for this off-season. So, uh, but, Greg, glad that we could get you back on here before you before you head out for Hashtag Ball is Life, even though you're already out there. Uh, how has it been treating you? Uh, happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to all the listeners. But Greg, what's up, man? Uh, what's going on, yo? What's going on, people? Uh, yeah, ball, the Ballers' life season is going well. You know, I, I am a Sixers fan. Just put it out there, Sixers doing well out there. But you know, the whole team just got an outbreak, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, other than that, you know, life, life is life is pretty good. Um, I'm very very excited for these postseason games. Uh, just to watch one single game, analyze it uh, at a time, which is great. Um, yeah, just to see Josh Allen in the playoffs, all, all the games, and hopefully, you know, I, you know, Washington get this covered tonight. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, nah. So I, I, I'm with you on this Buffalo indie game. It's probably the the most interesting matchup of the week, uh, in my opinion. But uh, I don't know if Washington's gonna get this cover, man. I don't know. No Alex Smith tonight. Potentially, we got get Taylor Heineke. So that could be a problem. Um, so you know, I don't know. Before we start getting into this playoff football, because we could talk about this all day. Uh, like you said, we analyzing one game at a one game at a time. Uh, I I could talk about this all day, but that's not what we're here to talk about today, Greg. What we're here to talk about, uh, you know, obviously fantasy football season is done. The regular season redraft season is done. Um, and before the season started, we, we, we made some calls, man. And some of them, some of them hit and some of them missed. So, uh, today here, what we're going to do is we're going to go over our misses, uh, just the misses, get those out of the way. Um, um, and then obviously we'll, we'll, talk about some of our hits in 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 an episode that we'll cover next week but uh here to talk about our misses today greg and obviously there's some industry-wide misses um but there's going to be some some guys that we you know maybe pounded the table for uh we we might have missed on or maybe guys we where we were saying hey don't draft this person at their at their respective draft position um you know maybe we were sleeping on somebody a little bit too much uh, maybe we called somebody out as a potential bust for you know for the year. So uh, cover the whole gamut here today in this episode. Uh, but starting at the quarterback position, as we usually do, uh, Greg, I will go first, man. I'm going to put a name out there, uh, somebody that, um, you know, obviously the industry wide we we had him as a as pro- probably the number one quarterback, a top two quarterback. Um, but he was our respective number one quarterback, and that's Lamar Jackson. Um, and again, this is not about him being a QB1 because he did finish as the QB8 on the year uh, or the QB1, but this is about my process here. This is about me saying I would have taken Lamar Jackson at his ADP in the second and third round 
Greg, we had a conversation a year ago, and I said that Lamar Jackson probably should be a first-round pick based on what he had done in 2019. Um, but that was a poor process on my part. I, you know, I subscribe to the notion usually of, of waiting on quarterback. I went away from my own advice here, and I got burned in the process. I mean, I you know, I thought it was a great idea to start out with, you know, if you're in a league, you know, I said it all the time, especially here on this show, if you have the 102 you got the 101 you know why not start your draft Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley and get Lamar in the second round um and obviously if you did that it didn't it didn't work out too well for you uh, all the teams where I took Lamar early none of those teams really did did well at all uh Greg what do you what do you think about that there what do you think about that that and the evaluation of our process yeah um definitely far as like a Taking a guy that's going to be a different maker for the first round, you you want that to be a hit. Um, and I mean, honestly, if you took Lamar in the first round with the first, with the first round with this year, you probably would have been <laughs> lucky to you know, be happy <laughs> with that actually, because um, of the injuries and uh, COVID and just performance wise, uh, a lot of the first round players did miss. Uh, so um, you know, I am definitely am a, a fan of not taking the quarterback early because you know the guy that was the number one quarterback, Josh Allen, was going probably seven, six round. So. Yeah, I mean, and even Kyler Murray, yeah. uh, who was going much later than that, uh, Dak Prescott, um, who was going a, a little bit later than that. But uh, I think even the the worst part with Lamar was the start of the year, right? I mean, you were you drafted him, and I think at one point, you know, we were saying Joe Burrow was had uh, was higher ranked than Lamar Jackson. I mean, through the first eight weeks, Lamar was the QB thirteen being outscored by guys like Justin Herbert who didn't even who started one less game through that point. Mm-hmm. Um so you know or actually no they started the same amount of games but still either way I mean uh you know Lamar he did burn you cuz he, he 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 not he didn't kill you but it's just it wasn't the, the reason you take maker. a guy yeah exactly the reason you take a guy that that high is because he's a difference maker and that's yep. why we say don't take a guy don't take quarterback early, just take one late because the difference between these guys is marginal, right? So, um, you know, but he, he he turned out to be a buy low candidate, somebody that, uh, you know, if you were able to, to hold on to him or with, withstand all, a lot of, of what was going on with him, uh, you were able to, to propel yourself potentially into a championship. But especially a year like this with COVID and everything, uh, depth was the most important thing. And, you know, Lamar is a second-round pick. That could have been another running back, could have been a receiver. Uh, You know, just something to think about here. Uh, Could have been Travis Kelsey maybe, you know. But anyway, um, Greg, what what about you, man? What's your your biggest miss, you think? Uh, Definitely got to be. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, I had him definitely in my top 12. Um, and with that start, you know, we did the what could go right, what could go wrong. Uh, definitely the what could go wrong happened in those first four games. Not to mention, you know, the offense around him didn't really help him. But uh, just in general, as far as a year, uh, real football-wise and fantasy-wise, you know, you, you kind of saw not maybe a slight regression, uh, but definitely not a huge improvement from year one with Daniel Jones and Tim not taking that leap that, a lot of people, and including myself, thought he, he would, especially after the first four games. The schedule was easy, easier, um, and you know, the the offense really didn't get rolling. Uh, he seemed to really rely on his legs to make keep keep him as a safe play, really. And that was that was about it. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I, f- I completely forgot about 
you know Daniel Jones uh, in your in your top eight quarterbacks, but um, yeah, I mean didn't have I mean I was on board with him having a you know potential breakout year as well. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't f- completely far fetched. I mean he had that rushing upside that we always talk about with quarterbacks, uh, and he you know he did get injured, so he kind of mm-hmm. lost that at one point in the season. So um, you know did have four four hundred and twenty three rushing yards yeah. from Daniel Jones. Yeah. He, uh, he, that was that's <laughs> yeah that was pretty it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he uh, he did well in his rushing and his legs. Yeah, I mean. Um, you know, you consider the fact that he 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 got injured. It could have been well over five hundred, yep. almost six hundred. Yep. So um, that would have been impressive there. Uh, yeah, somebody I'm going to go with here. I I got to go with Cam Newton, man. Uh, I I came really I came into the season really high on Cam Newton. He was my sleeper quarterback. It was a great start. I, I, think I, caught, I mean, it definitely was a great start. I had him down as my QB eleven on uh, and then on a points per game basis, he finishes the QB 21, uh, which is right actually surprisingly right around where his ADP was this summer. So uh, like you said, it did look promising to start the year. Uh, he had two top six performances to start the year in his first two weeks. Uh, but then Cam had a down game. Then he contracted COVID. And then he went from a weekly starter to someone we were hoping to stream potentially. Uh, that's just not how I projected Cam to be this year. I called him a potential league winner. Uh, and he was the opposite of that, finishing outside of the top 24 in just under half of his games that he played. So I'm going to take the L here with this one. Yeah, uh, Cam definitely, well, you know, just not having a receiver didn't help at all. Um, all the injuries and just no one stepped up. And, you know, the offense just really became very meh and bland. And it was just mostly, uh, you know, just the QB design runs. And, and when they stopped doing that, then there was really nothing else the offense could do. So. Yeah, it was not good for Cam and the offense as a whole. Yeah, that part didn't make sense, right? They just yeah. stopped running yeah, they Cam. Yeah, stopped, they stopped the QB's design <laughs> runs, and I, they, there was nothing else they could do in the offense, so I don't know why they stopped that. Yeah, I mean, uh, did end up with 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, that's his, the second most that he's had in his career. But, uh, you know, they came sporadically. It felt like they mm-hmm. came in bunches. Those rushing touchdowns did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like he was getting, you know, one every other game or something like that. Uh, it was just, you know, games where he'd have two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, two. he had two rushing touchdowns each of the first two weeks. Uh, you know, then he had another game with two. And then, yeah, so he had four games with two rushing touchdowns. So eight of those touchdowns came in four games. The other four were uh, were were spread around the 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 rest of his games and it's not like he had a passing floor no, this man I mean, had, he, he, did he have like five <laughs> passing touchdowns four i don't know how many did he have uh he had eight passing okay, touchdowns okay. to 10 interceptions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean and then but like there's games here where 155 yards passing 162 98 84, 69, And that's sometimes with just zero touchdowns. So he's just getting you single-digit <laughs> points. Like he's killing you. Absolutely killing you. So. Yeah, like I said, he was outside of the top 24 in just under half of his games. Outside of the top 24. We don't, I mean, if you're playing super flex, that's still like, Yeah, eh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might as well play another player, like a position <laughs> Yeah, <player>. right. <laughs> You're like, do I play Cam or do I play uh, Zach Moss? I don't yeah. know. 
Uh, all right, Greg, what about you, man? Is there another guy you have on this list? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm saying, I guess, for you know, just for the fact that he was my bus and also um, the year he had last year, not, you know, getting the, the touchdowns in the red zone, uh, a lot of going to Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, but now it kind of funneled back to, you know, two years ago to what, or, you know, when Devonta Adams owned the red zone and it kind of got mm-hmm. his passing touchdowns way up. Uh, his uh, TD interception ratio is always great, but the passing yards were way better. Uh, getting it deep to MVS and uh, just Devonte killing on all three phases. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers came through, uh, finishing at you no know, QB three in total points. So yeah, great year by him. Yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the L here with you, man. I mean, uh, I had him down as my QB ten. Uh, consensus had him down at about thirteen. He finished, uh, you know, as the QB four, uh, if you go look at just weeks one through 16. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you call them your bust, I, I was right there with you. I said, I, w- I would, I would do it. And, and I even said that despite my rankings, I wouldn't even take Aaron Rodgers. I said, I would rather wait and take cam later, <laughs> later <laughs> rounds, or even a Joe Burrow because of his athleticism. Uh, and ultimately the process sounded, it, you know, it may it like it, it was, you know, that may have, been sound or a sound process but uh what i i actually did learn something from this and, and what i learned is i was super into Devonte adams right. i was like super into him because he you know he was injured last year he mm-hmm. suffered from that unusual touchdown variance uh and this impacted aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i wasn't able to look at it through the lens of well what could this do for aaron Rodgers? i only saw what it could do for Devonte adams but you know uh, also discounting the fact of how how comfortable Aaron Rodgers could could truly become in Matt, in his second year in Matt LaFleur's offense. I mean, you know, you could have a, a dominant receiver with a, a so-so fantasy quarterback. I mean, you know, but... But this isn't a so-so yeah. quarterback. Right, 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 Aaron right. Rodgers. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying, like, you know, Calvin Ridley killed with Matt Ryan not doing so well, kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, I see your point there, but... uh. Yeah, forty-eight touchdowns. I definitely did not see that coming. No, I'm no, not gonna. No. I mean, pretend Devontae to had even... eighteen of them. Whether the, all the other thirty go, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely wasn't MVS. Uh, you know, a guy will probably have to. You know, we don't give reward. You know, awards out on this show. But if we had to give one out, maybe Robert Tunyon would be due for one. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But because uh, I think he had eleven touchdowns. Yeah, he then. did. Nah, so that's a huge percentage right there, then yeah, yeah. So uh, anything else at the quarterback position there, Greg? Or? No, no. I think those are the main two I wanted to highlight. All right, man. So now we move on to the running back position, and obviously there's the, the you know there's the top three consensus or you know uh, you know usual top threes: CMC, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott to start the year <laughs> in your half in your in your half PPR leagues. I mean, it's crazy, right? Uh, those guys all had their seasons derailed by injury. CMC only playing three games. Saquon playing, uh, yeah, Saquon missed 14 and a half games, only played one and a half games. Uh, and then Zeke Elliott played 15 games, missing his first game to injury. But that wasn't his problem. His problem Dak, was that Dak yeah, Prescott where, missed yeah, 11 yeah. games. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, if you look at prior to the, the Dak injury, Zeke's first five games, he was the RB4 behind Alvin Kamara, uh, Aaron Jones, and Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. He was top 16, and you know, uh, he was top 16 for all five of those games. 
uh, top 10 for three of those games, and he was a top three running back for two of those games. So Zeke was he was balling, man, mm-hmm. 19.2 half-point PPR points per game during that span uh, compared to the last 11 games where he, he only had two top 16 performances, one top 10 performance. Where he actually, and, uh, you know, he did actually finish top uh, five in that top 10 performance, uh, but he averaged 8.6 half PPR points per game. So he went from 19 PP, half Crazy. PPR points a game to less than nine I, half I've never PPR seen points that before. per game. Usually wide receivers <laughs> are attached to quarterbacks heavily. That makes sense. But I've never seen a running back get affected that heavily from a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's just you combine the fact that Zeke isn't totally, you know, they, they he wasn't totally involved as a receiver. Uh, Dallas had issues with their offensive line, uh, you know, from left to right. Mm-hmm. Their whole offensive line was mm-hmm. banged up. Um, and so, you know, Zeke, we didn't, I guess we didn't realize how much, you know, he, because we, we kind of just assumed like, oh yeah, Zeke will be fine. We even said it, Zeke's a buy because he'll get more volume. This means more volume for Zeke, but the whole offense just wasn't able to move the ball. You know, when you're not converting on third downs and you're punting the ball, that's less that Zeke is on the field running on first and second down. Less touchdown opportunities. Um, That's all. Less touchdown opportunities. Right, so even if I used as, as mad as I used to get at Dak Prescott for vulturing Zeke touchdowns, like I didn't realize that the only reason we were even getting down there was because <laughs> of Dak Prescott in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's somebody who actually I will, you know, his price will probably be a little bit depressed because of what happened. La- what happened this year? I'm, I'm, I might be comfortable pulling the trigger, man. Depending on what the price is for Zeke, I know we we talked about it with all these running backs that are going to potentially be in the first round conversation next year uh, with all these rookies. But uh, Zeke's somebody that the price might be he might be a little by a low opportunity. Oh, um, sign me up in, if, if in Dak's quarterback. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, as long if, if Dak is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously those are the top three guys there. But uh, you know another guy here. He was your breakout running back, Greg. But I also had him as my top eight running back and half PPR scoring. That was Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, you know I had him even higher in PPR scoring, but he finished as the RB twenty-seven on a points per game basis. And I think we mentioned, you know, I think we mentioned this. Actually, I know we did mention this because uh, I remember bringing up Daryl Williams as one of the guys to take uh, at the end of your draft in case we as a community were wrong about Clyde uh, getting all this work. But we we always assume a guy, especially a rookie, with you know, will be the guy, uh, and we assume that with Clyde. But we didn't anticipate that we, you know, we couldn't. There was no way we could anticipate that Le'Veon Bell would sign with Kansas City mm-hmm. midseason. Uh, Clyde had double-digit carries up until that point, uh, and he was on his way to a wonderful stretch uh, before going down at the end of the year. So it was a multitude of reasons for you know that forces you know me to put Clyde down here. I'm sure you you probably had Clyde down here too, Greg, uh, as a miss. But he's another guy I'm willing to buy low next year in drafts if if the price is right. Yeah, I agree with that one for sure. Uh, Clyde with the bounce back coming and just still will be in a prolific offense. Uh, I'm sure they won't have Le'Veon, or if they do that, I mean, they probably will want to focus on, in, you know, bring in Clyde more and continue that consistency of touches. Yeah, I think he's also potentially by low opportunity in, in dynasty leagues as well. I mean, I think people have soured on him, Um you know, in the dynasty community. So you might be able to get Clyde at, at a much cheaper price than you think. Um, and, you know, while we're on the topic of Clyde and Kansas City running backs, another guy, uh, Greg, well, 
Greg, I'm going to pass this to you. Next guy that you want to bring up, I, I, I jumped the bell a little bit. I jumped the gun, I should say. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell, definitely uh, <laughs> a guy. You know, I had, you know, him and David Johnson definitely mentioned in the beginning of the season. Uh, I was going to mention why, you know, these guys. Oh, were, they were back-to-back in, yeah, the rank, yep, in my the, rankings for sure. <laughs> yeah, and they were back-to-back in drafts. They were back-to-back in like, ADP for sure. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned that both these guys mid-round around the 20s that were going ADP, would remind people why they're you know were you know, top guys cut just a couple of years ago. David Johnson, you know, he was very solid. I think he he came through in his ADP and was very consistent. Mm-hmm. You can't ask for nothing much more. But Le- Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell fell off the face of the earth. Uh, mm-hmm. That first game, you know, <laughs> it just you know we realized maybe he couldn't survive Adam Gase. Uh, still, you know, he got the touches, but then he got hurt. Then uh, when he came back, he didn't do much. But then he got traded, and then. It was like more of a no, roller coaster. Cut. He got cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was super happy about that because then no matter what team we would have been to, it would have been better, which still was better, just not as good at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I had him down as my RB16, and that was after moving him down because I had him higher than that. I think at one point I had put him in my top 12, uh, but I had him as when the season, by the time the season started, I had him at 16. He finished as the RB61. So, yeah, not great unless you're looking at that in the mirror. Uh, I guess I was, um, I mean, I was really high on him initially, but I, again, I had to move him down when Adam Gase was saying weird stuff about Frank Gore, uh, and it hadn't <laughs> looked good for, you know, for him since, uh, you know, even when we got to Kansas City, people, myself included, thought Andy Reid could unlock him, and he didn't, uh, lost reps to Daryl to Darryl Williams in week 16 championship week, uh, overall just wasn't a great year for him, um, and I was even I was coming around to it, man. If we if we I swear if the if the if the season if the season was just delayed by like a week, I would have told people not to touch Le'Veon Bell because uh, he was my. If you remember, he was my what could go wrong pick, uh, and I talked about Adam Gase at that moment, uh, and and I could tell you know to that point I can tell when uh, when most of my teams like when my league's draft occurred if I. Just by just checking if Le'Veon Bell was on my roster or not. If he was on my roster, the draft probably occurred, you know, sometime before uh, August first. If he was not on my roster, this draft occurred uh, sometime after the second or third week of August. <laughs> yeah, I remember just having oh my team had a four, you know, five running backs. One of them, you know, Miles. It was really between Miles Gaskin and Le'Veon Bell, who I wanted to cut before. Le'Veon Bell went to the Chiefs, and uh, thank God I yeah, cut Le'Veon Bell and not kept. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. So this is the conversations people are having. Le'Veon Bell definitely, you know, screwed a lot of people. Oh, yeah, definitely screwed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and you brought up the gas man here, so that's a perfect pivot to this next guy uh, who I know we both were touting. Uh, just a guy, 250 carries everywhere he's everywhere been. He's He'll been, get that man. everywhere he's been. <laughs> Uh, that would be Jordan Howard, man. I had him as my RB23, finished as the RB77. Talk about a swing and a miss here. Uh, no explanation needed. This guy just didn't have the starting job. Um, and it's funny because had there been a preseason, this is something that we could have noticed. But without that, we just didn't know until week one uh, that Jordan Howard actually wasn't the starting running back. Nope. And, you know, it's funny. Neither was Matt Breida. Nope. But... You know, like we talked about before this, I'm actually okay with this yeah, miss yeah, because yeah. without Jordan Howard, I don't think we would have been on the gas man so quickly. No, because after week one, <laughs> week one, yo, <laughs> after week one, we just dropped Jordan Howard, pick up Miles Gaskin. Yep. That's it. Yep. 
<laughs> it's like you never drafted him. It's like you drafted Miles Gaskin almost. Yeah, and he was Big. he was free. Yeah. No one was thinking about getting Miles Gaskin after week one. So if you made that pivot real quick, kudos to you. Uh, and yeah, and it definitely paid off. Yeah, man. I mean, it was just an easy pivot to make. Nobody wanted Miles Gaskin. Yeah, but as some as a community, I mean, as us, we were really high on Jordan Howard, and so we're like, okay, well, if Jordan Howard's not getting these touches. This guy is. Let's just pick him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was three straight weeks. Jordan Howard had one attempt, two attempts for one touchdown. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, why can't they just give those to Gas Man? And then finally, they unlocked them, and we and here we are. He got his, He has his own nickname and everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, another guy I'm gonna throw out. Oh, Greg, do you have another guy, another running back that you want to throw out here? Or is, is um, that Mark Ingram definitely. Uh, for sure you know he was definitely a mid-round guy uh that i had pretty high as well like you know kind of like giving you that chris carson value you know when you dra- draft a guy late uh mid-round and he gives you you know top 25 value top 20 value but mark ingram definitely fell off the face of the earth uh early in the week and then early in the year and then he got injured uh but then after that you know we were ca- i was kind of on board with the jk gus show by that time anyway uh hopefully they had his <laughs> uh, yeah i was saying hopefully they fizzed marking around they actually did so that was cool to see yeah, man. I mean, uh, I I was trying to. I remember we were, had a draft, and I was trying to talk you off the ledge of Mark Ingram. Um, and then I was like, "Fine, if we draft Mark Ingram, we try to draft J.K. Dobbins here." <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Mark Ingram. He was somebody that I did have in the twenties. I, I, I started to sour on him as the as we got to the close to the preseason because I I just started to realize this is a thirty year old running back that we're talking about uh, in Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, they did draft. Um, a running back in J.K. Dobbins in the second round. Uh, you know, just feel like at, one, at too many times we've seen this where the veteran running back uh, is eventually just loses his job. You know, there's nothing he can do about it just because, uh, you know, the, the deck was stacked against him. And if he didn't lose it to J.K., he probably would have lost it to Gus Edwards at one yep. point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's just my lesson here. Um, you know, it just reminds me of the time I felt like, I didn't want to draft Marshawn Lynch because I was like, I felt like the the year I drafted him is the year he's <laughs> gonna fall off. Yep. And I just didn't touch him for like for four years. Yeah, I never had Mark Ingram. Every year Mark Ingram just goes late and he just balls out, gives you top twenty, top fifteen value, and yeah. Now yeah. The one year. Uh a guy I'm gonna throw out here, uh a guy I called myself a truther for, uh, and that would be Miles Sanders. I had him as my R B nine. Uh, finishes the RB 18 on a points per game basis, uh, you know, did miss some time due to injury, uh, and the offense was a mess, but you know, never did I look at my teams and, and say, you know what, Miles Sanders wasn't the right pick here, or, you know, he's killing me. Like I said, he missed time at the beginning of the year with the hamstring and then he missed time with the knee issue in the middle. Um, but you know, this Philadelphia offense was in flux and I know there was some concerns about the workload, but if you look at the 11 games that Miles Sanders did play during the fantasy season between weeks one and 16, uh, he didn't leave or, or in the games in which he didn't leave for injury. He only had one game where he had less than 10 opportunities. He saw 15 plus opportunities in all, but two of these games last year, um, you know, or I'm sorry, referring to it as last year. It's crazy. But uh, finishing as the RB one in 33% as an RB one in 33% of his games and as an RB two in just over uh, 50% of his games. Uh, So, you know, maybe I won't have Miles Sanders in my top 10 next year, uh, but I, I will say that 
I'm comfortable taking him relatively early, probably at the second round turn, uh, which is probably around the same time, around the same place I was taking him uh, next year, you know, uh, la- you know, last year as a top 16 running back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely this whole Eagles situation will be kind of in, in flux on the offseason. So it's definitely one to pay attention to. And it definitely will impact, you know, maybe Miles Sanders or, you know, the quarterback, uh, the coach. All, all that is definitely in, in flux. Yeah, man. Um, any other running backs here, Greg, that you that you want to throw out? Um, no, I think that pretty much covered that one as well. Yeah, I think the only guy that I, I want to check in on right now, because um, I remember looking, I think I looked into it. He, he didn't have that bad of a year. Uh, when you look at the end of the season rankings, uh, but the start of the year was not fun, and that would be Kenyon Drake. Uh, I'm not going to go super into this one. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I think I had him had him as a top ten running back in half PPR leagues, uh, and he finished as a oh wow, he finished as the RB twenty two in points uh, in points per game. No, in points per game. Sorry. It was slightly worse than that. Yeah, so I'm going to take the L here with Kenyon Drake. Yeah. <laughs> Top 10 running back, finishing as the RB26 in points per game. Uh, not That's not great. Um, and it just never really looked good for Kenyon Drake from the start. Uh, wasn't, uh, you know, was tagged with the franchi- the transition tag last year. So he'll be free agent after this year. What are your feelings on Kenyon Drake moving forward? Uh, yeah, it was definitely the worst type of problem to have because he was getting the volume and he just wasn't producing. So you're just like, well, what's going on here? Um, but next year, I mean, I I, I think you can still assume he's going to be a, a top 25 running back. I would assume that he has top 25 value. Um, depending what they do with kind of Chase Edmonds, though, uh, you know, because when he came in, he did play well in spots, played better than Kenyon Drake. Um so I'm not sure how they're going to move forward with him, you know, or if they decide to, is Kenny Drake under contract? Well, they could like, no, him. Kenny Drake's going to be a free agent uh, after this year. So, right, well, he, so I don't, there's no guarantee that they even bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. Keep the cheaper guy, Chase Edmonds, who's just as effective, honestly. And hopefully maybe roll with him. So I could get Chase Edmonds for the low. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's, it's just funny. Cause a lot of times, um, you know, I I should you know I should have wrote this down, but I remember telling Nim who who recently joined our dynasty league last year, and I remember telling him because he he had, he adopted a team that has Kenyon Drake, and I I told him I said I think Kenyon Drake's a sell, and from a dynasty perspective, as this was the high that was the highest his value ever was was ever gonna be. I mean, we're talking about Kenyon Drake. Uh, we people were waiting for the breakout. It finally happened, and. The, the value is at its highest, and uh, I think that's just the you know that's just one of the lessons in fantasy football is you know there there are guys you're not going to sell at their highest value, but there's a if there's a guy who has ne- literally never been that valuable, and you know through three years and then he has this you know outlier season because that's what last year was for Kenny Drake it was the, it last year was the outlier, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know because we have we had three years of production and. and it, you know, nothing really came to it. Uh, and, and the problem with Kenny Drake, too, is he, he was somebody that could never really stay healthy, even before last year. So, um, I don't know, some, something interesting to think about there from, from just an overall uh, strategy standpoint. But moving on to the wide receiver position, uh, and Greg, there are some industry-wide wide receiver uh, misses here, uh, especially, you know, of course, Michael Thomas, uh, Kenny Galladay, 
even to an extent Julio Jones there. Um, which of these guys, I guess, are you the highest on in terms of their future outlook? And which of these guys are you the lowest on in terms of their future outlook? Uh, well, Julio's just now one year older, so I'm not going to, you know, definitely for a dynasty and just, you know, in, in general, he's, he's getting older. He's a guy that does get hurt every year, so more likely to probably happen. Um, so I probably asked him off. Uh, I, I'm on the Kenny Galladay train. I think when he was in, he was playing well. He was balling. So uh, it's just a matter of him staying healthy. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on the Julio Jones front. I'm going back and forth in my mind between Michael Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, because uh, Michael Thomas is really good. I just quarterback. You know, sometimes so. we who's, who's yeah, quarterback that's then. that's the issue is who's going to be the quarterback next year with Michael Thomas. But you got you could ask the same question with Kenny Galladay because Kenny Galladay is a free agent. Uh, we don't know where he'll where he could potentially end up. Mm. Um, but I do know Michael Thomas has Sean Payton, uh, and mm-hmm. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Even when Michael Thomas did have, whether it was Teddy Bridgewater or whether it was Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas was healthy, he was still getting targets and he was still getting, you know, volume Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the receptions. So I think I have to go Michael Thomas there just, you know, just because, again, he has the contract. He has the, you know, the coach um, in an offense that, you know, is catered to him Uh, or Kenny Galladay. I don't know where he'll where he will be playing, but. Uh, definitely love the talent there. Don't hear what I'm not yeah. saying. Love, love Kenny G. Love his talent. Um, you know, wondering where he'll end up potentially in terms of it. You know, uh, what what team? But Julio Jones, he's the one that scares me. Uh, again, the finally the year where I'm like, okay, Julio, he's <laughs> he's gonna be in my top three. Uh, I know he gets injured, but he doesn't. You know, he's he's actually been really health, relatively healthy the last few years. Uh, you know, having played 15 games and all that. You know, so Julio Jones plays nine games this year, uh, 31 years old. He will be 32 when the season starts next year. Uh, you, There's an argument. I mean, we talked about it to start, the, you know, in week, I think it was week four, who's the number one wide receiver on the team. Uh, I would think we had to have that conversation. And, you know, I think we both came to the consensus that it is Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you still agree with that sentiment, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Calvin is the one going into next year, uh, majority of this year. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the Calvin really train. He's he's younger. He's uh, definitely just fresher. I think it's just play um, more at the the slot outside. You know, uh, also shout out to Russell Gage prospects as well. Yeah, man, Russell Gage did come through as well. Um, again, I did. You know, yeah, I feel like I, you know, I, I could go back into the archives and find it, but I did bring Russell Gage's name up on a preseason episode. Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I remember that. I remember um, that. <laughs> uh, but Julio, but this is the this is the misses, not the hits. Uh, but Julio Jones, Julio Jones, he's definitely somebody that I, I'm going to have to sour on. I mean, what at what point? I know this is very early to ask a question like this. How early are you willing to draft Julio Jones in a, in a redraft league next year? Um, I honestly, it probably be, he's the third round guy for me, probably. Yeah, that's where I was leaning yeah. to. He ends up in the third round yeah. for me. I mean, when you just you combine the injury risk uh, with you know the potential shift in a role here from being the alpha. Because um, yeah, being the number one guy, healthy, he was going at that turn, probably like round one, round two. So, and now that would mm-hmm. just swap with Calvin Ridley's spot. So now, yeah, he'd be probably round three. Yeah, 
I think. Yeah. All right, man. So that being said, uh, those were the, you know, obviously the industry-wide misses, but we got some personal misses here. Uh, and first guy I'm going to throw out there is a guy that his, his situation frustrated me all season long. Uh, it, it baffled me, actually. I, I think frustrated was the wrong word. Um, but DJ Moore, man, I had him down here. My wide receiver, eight. Uh, finished as a wide receiver, 22 on a points-per-game basis. During the year, uh, he was, uh, yeah, again, he was frustrating. when you look. But when you look at the season-long numbers, they, they aren't far off compared to the year before. Uh, Moore this year had um, 78. He averaged 78 yards receiving per game. Uh, this was after averaging 78.3 receiving yards per game last year. Uh, the biggest difference f- from more last year f- to this year uh, was averaging nine targets a game. Uh, where this year he averaged 7.6 targets a game, but that led to uh, just averaging four receptions a game this year. From last year, he was averaging almost six receptions a game, uh, and then also he was used a little bit differently this year. He was used as Carolina's deep threat, seeing an 8 out of 12 compared to 11. This led to a career high in yards per reception of, of almost 18 yards a catch there for DJ Moore. Um, again, this was he was somebody that was averaging 10 yards, 11 yards a reception last year. So he goes up to 18 yards a reception. Um, and this completely changes the role for DJ Moore. And therefore, the weekly consistency that we saw last year wasn't here for DJ Moore this year so um you know last year he was a wide receiver two or better in 50 percent of his games uh this year was just around 43 percent of his games did play less games this year uh you know that changes the you know the weekly outlook for for more a tremendous amount where he goes from this target machine to this boomer bust wide receiver two so uh for that i take the hit here with dj Moore, but i still love the talent and i still love uh, what I think he can do. This just shows that he's versatile, that he could play multiple roles, in my opinion. He can either be that deep threat guy, uh, you know, th- or he can also be this week to week target hog. So, yeah, he still finished as a, a wide receiver, too, on the air, um, especially with the breakout of Robbie Anderson, too. Uh, that kind of both of the both of these guys finished as a, a wide receiver, too, basically. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, still a solid season. Uh, I still believe in him as a, as a talent. And, a player, especially, and you don't really don't know what the the quarterback situation for Carolina would be. So, I mean, it could only get. Uh, I think you know if he played well with Teddy Bridgewater, not really only having maybe what fourteen passing touchdowns. So, uh, I think that's that's a good sign, if anything. Yeah, I mean, all these Carolina guys played well. You know, all had a thousand yards and at least three touchdowns. Um, but DJ Moore, he's you know. He's twenty. He's twenty three. Yeah. He'll be twenty four yeah. when, when the season starts. This guy is still young. Yeah, uh, and he's already got two. You know, two years of back to back years of over a thousand yards receiving. I actually had more receiving yards on the season than he than he did last year. So, um, <clears throat> you know, this is a guy again. I think he's he has all the talent in the world. Uh, you know, I I would, you know, I would buy him in a dynasty league if I could. Uh, if that was an option, I but, agree. You know, th- you know, again, back-to-back years of over 1,100 receiving yards after putting up almost 800 receiving yards as a rookie. I think DJ Moore is is, is a stud. Yeah. Uh, but Greg, where are you? Wh- what about you, man? What wide receiver uh, miss are you are you uh, thinking about? It's got keeps you up at night. Uh, well, you know, sticking on that Falcons, uh, Calvin really definitely you know made a, a huge effect on why Julio Jones you know wasn't the top three guy we thought. 
Um, you know, I mean, Calvin really coming into season, you were telling me heavily the, the new Chris Godwin, 2020 Chris Godwin, and that definitely happened. Uh, Calvin really broke out and dominated, uh, especially in that start of the season. It was so hot, um, you know, kind of just dominating, getting touchdowns, and he, he played well throughout the season, even through injuries. He, he was well, so I'm proud of definitely Calvin really. Uh, and, you know, going forward, you know, he's a guy that's going to be a top 10 guy every year, I think, moving forward, top five. Oh, man, I wasn't expecting to talk about Calvin Ridley today, uh, but I was expecting to talk about him next week because <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he was he can make both. He was my he was my breakout. Yeah, he was my breakout wide receiver. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Calvin really had a phenomenal season. Uh, you know, like you said, the you know, next year is Chris Godwin. Um, but I'm, now if we're talking about guys that we were a little bit too low on. Yeah, you know what you went to. You went into one of my bags. You you grabbed you grabbed a guy that I was really high on. I'm gonna go into one of your bags. I'm a, I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf. Um, I had him down here. This isn't a huge problem. I had him down here as wide receiver 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going as the wide receiver 20. Finishes the wide receiver five weeks one to 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, my 27 isn't that far off from the field, but I strive to be as close uh, to the field, if not better than the field. Or, or you know. I don't strive to be close to the field. I strive to be as close to reality as possible. And so uh, with my ranking relative to the field, you know, or those, you know, that follow my rankings, we wouldn't have been in position to draft DK Metcalf. I didn't have nearly enough DK Metcalf. Um, And so that's why I'm taking the L here. Uh, I did learn something about my process, though, from missing on DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, and it, you know something that I put into practice with guys like AJ Brown and even Jonathan Taylor. But for some reason, I missed it with DK Metcalf. And this is learning from my uh, rookie prospect model. Obviously, last year, if you listen to the show, I started working on a prospect model for to help with rookies uh, and help determine who's going to have success through dynasty in, in dynasty leagues through the first three years of their NFL seasons. Um, and you know, I, I started using it to help me in terms of doing my projections here. For example, AJ Brown, he's the third highest wide receiver graded in my model over the last three seasons. So when it came to assign opportunities, I gave AJ Brown twenty five to twenty eight percent of the targets simply because in my in my belief he's the he's that caliber of a player. Finished with twenty six percent on the season. Uh, with DK Metcalf, he's the sixth highest on my model. Him and AJ Brown have you know. Uh, they're you know they're not far off in terms of scores, um, but I only signed assigned DK Metcalf twenty four percent of the targets. Now again in, in that Seattle offense, twenty four percent of the targets. I mean, you know the, you know the, the amount of volume that they uh, have on have on the season, uh, you know two percent here or there uh, doesn't make that big a difference. Uh, you know, but for DK Metcalf, he makes a huge difference because this is a guy that you know averaging. 17 18 yards a catch here so um i i did not believe that he would be the true target leader i still gave that tyler lockett uh but in you know terms of pure pure volume pure pass attempts uh dk metcalf uh you know didn't still didn't get the the volume but he he got enough volume where he was able to just outpace tyler lockett in those yards because tyler lockett isn't that much of a deep threat anymore. Not, not like he was early in his career. Uh, so that's why I'm taking the miss here on DK Metcalf. Uh, should have been higher on him. And next year, I definitely will be, but probably uh, not high enough. 
Yeah, I think DK also benefited from uh, definitely having that playoff momentum uh, in the real playoffs. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we can spot one of these rookies that are, you know, going to help their team. Because uh, I think his breakout game was that Eagles game in the playoffs. And that kind of yeah. let Russell Wilson believe, like, he can be my guy. Yeah, you know, and the thing, I, I'm, and that should have stuck out with me. That should have resonated with me. I just remember uh, picking up the excuse that Tyler Lockett was injured during that, you know, because remember he had almost lost his leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and from that moment on, he basically was unproductive. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of, I was just sticking on to that narrative that Tyler Lockett was hurt. But DK Metcalf is a man. And, you know, if I, I can, I, and I acknowledge it. It's not like I don't know it. Like, yeah. I, I see oh, yeah. him. I, I know he's, <laughs> I know he's a man. I've referenced him as such on this show before. Uh, for some reason, though, I'm just like, okay, if you could have one of these guys for the rest of their careers, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, who it is? Who is it? That is that's really tough, yo. That's so tough. Oh man, you're talking about oh, man. Uh, I I think I would. Uh, well, oh yeah, another reason. Yeah, just Russell Wilson didn't expect his his volume to go up passing attempts wise. So yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, I I think you know if Tannehill's here to stay, or it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback. But I, I'm a, I'm gonna go with AJ Brown. <laughs> Just because, also AJ Brown, they I feel like he could get some carries too. He could do it really all like, uh, as far as you know, getting downfield and stuff. I'm gonna go AJ Brown slight edge. Yeah, I give the slight edge to AJ Brown too. I mean, you just you think about like this guy can take a three yard pass and and take it for take it for sixty. I mean, yeah, even the like, last game, like the he, he got the Titans into the playoffs with that last drive. <laughs> Literally got it down. I'm like, oh man, AJ Brown, let's go, man. He's a, he's a beast. He's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. But DK Metcalf also a monster. Don't hear what we're not. Oh no, saying no, no. Here. They, we both love him. I mean, they're top, both top five, like five wide receiver guys going down the line with Ridley, maybe Scary Terry. Like, I think though they're all kind of like prospects. Yo, we can have this conversation all day, man. Because yeah. wide receiver, it's a flavor. You know how? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I could make call this whole show about talking about Terry McLaurin, so too. Yeah, so I don't, oh I don't know. yeah, bro. <laughs> That's no, that's next week. That's next. Oh, week. yeah, next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, what other wide receivers do you have down as misses? Um, pretty much. I mean, I guess I did like Hollywood, uh, as you know, that mid <laughs> that mid round guy that you know, going round six that was gonna you know, hit for you. Like, it was a steal if you got Hollywood in round mm-hmm. six, you thought, and I thought for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, and he didn't really come through. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you, you were, you jumped off the ship. You abandoned ship way sooner than oh, I yeah, did. Yeah. I, I was, I was, I almost went down with it. Uh, luckily, we were able to get some life jackets at the end and swim to swim to safety. But I had him as wide receiver twenty six coming into the year. Finished as you know again through weeks one through sixteen. That's all I'm looking at here. Finished as wide receiver forty seven. And this one hurts because in the season. I was all in on the air yards. I'm like, Greg, man, the air yards are there. <laughs> the data saying he's a viable play. You know, we should, you know, we should really stick with it. Uh, you know, but he didn't. It just didn't come through it at any point in during the season. He came finally came on at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no way that if you drafted Hollywood, there's no way he helped you. There's yeah. no like zero. Yeah. There's like zero percent chance that he helped you if you drafted him. Uh, Jefferson again. He played Ayuk, all sixteen. All those guys you didn't pick up parts for Hollywood because <laughs> you're like he's going to hit like <laughs> all these waivers. You know T Higgins like all those guys like Russell Gage. I don't know. Yeah, Michael. Gall- yeah, th- all those guys that kind of came on throughout the year that you didn't want. 
Because you're like, I got Hollywood. Yeah, I got Hollywood, right? He played all 16 games, never finished until until week 17, but we're not counting that. But in through 16 games, or 15, the first 15 games, he didn't. He never finished as a wide receiver one. Never. Wow. Never. (laughs) And he was a wide receiver two or better in just. Three games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm telling you, this guy did not help you. Uh, now, again, it wasn't all on him, but it's clear that, uh, you know, Brown is, is better served as a complimentary piece and, and not the guy. Uh, I'm pretty certain that the Ravens will add a receiver, whether it's through free agency or or through the NFL draft. Uh, but even so, in, in a low-volume offense, I'm curious yeah. to see what life is like f- going forward for, for uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yeah. All I can say is imagine... Just remember, they took Mar- they took Hollywood over DK Metcalf. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ah, yeah, it, it would have kind of been how it was the first year, running the ball, running the ball, and just timely throws to DK. Kind of how he was his rookie year, but ah, uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. Uh, uh, to switch situations if DK would have been just as effective because they run the ball a lot in Baltimore. But I think I think I don't know, man. I think DK, DK would have been come perfect. <laughs> no, he would just think about look when they run the ball. DK is just beating up on corners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just pounding corners into oblivion, and then all the play action. You telling me he can't go play action, catch an ADR bomb from Holly from from uh, if Lamar hits him too uh, from I Lamar. Mean, you, you know, the, if, yeah, the if Lamar, Lamar hits him, were but, hey. Off. A lot of them, <laughs> but the catch radius is wider. We're talking about a guy who's six, six true, five, true, six true, four, true. six five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I think you could do a lot more with 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 DK Metcalf than you could do with Hollywood in that offense. Yeah, I mean Hollywood, you can't even use him across the middle. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he did drop a couple balls too, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was either it was either uh, Lamar misses him deep or Hollywood drops the short easy ones. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else I realized was missing. Cause I, I went back, I looked. I'm like, yo, Hollywood's uh, his catch, his catch rate was down this year too, uh, and I projected him for a pretty high catch rate. And I was like, why would I do something like that? But last year, Hollywood was getting a lot of those jet, those touch, those jet passes. Right, the push wasn't passes, getting those this year. Yeah, that you know coming through. Yeah, no, nah, um, they just used that three headed monster, man. J.K. Lamar and Gus. Oh, yeah, J- J- J.K. gets those push passes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with it too, man. Um, another guy I'm gonna throw out here, man, and this one hurts because he's the son, he was a son of D, he was a son of Fantasy Football Diagnostics podcast. I'm not disowning him, but DJ Shark mm. had him down as a wide receiver, 15 finished as a wide receiver, 40 on a points per game basis. Uh, it's coming. He was coming off a breakout season where he had a thousand yards. He seemed to come out of nowhere, uh, but he was someone that you know we were really high on last year and i was high on him coming into this year um but between quarterbacks and injuries and tanking uh dj shark just again finished wide receiver 40 on the points per game basis did not have a good season um greg what are you what are your thoughts on dj shark what are your thoughts on him on his year last year and what do you think about his prospects next year with uh potentially trevor lawrence yeah, though I think he suffered more from quarterback play heavily than any other wide receiver. Um, just the fluctuation of you know who was playing and just the bad quarterback play in general uh, didn't help him because um, you know he there were flashes of great games from him uh, and also injuries. So all three of those combinations really made it hard for him to be successful. Um, so I think with 
uh, potentially Trevor Lawrence or, you know, if Jacksonville shocks the world and takes Justin Fields, uh, I think it'd be better for, uh, you know, DJ Shark. So if he, in Dynasty, if, uh, you know, if someone's, I would be a guy to kind of poach the, the DJ Shark owner, I mean, manager to see if he's willing to sell. Yeah, man, I, th- I think that's a, you know, legitimate option there. Uh, a guy I know I'm trying to buy low on is actually his teammate. Ooh. LaVisca Chenault. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, LaVisca Chenault, He's... Uh, 58 catches, yeah. 600 yards, yeah, five touchdowns. Obviously, we know what he, what he can do on the ground as well. Um, but you know, this guy had a 73% catch rate, uh, and he's getting a quarterback upgrade too. So, yeah, that is that is true for sure. Yeah, no, hopefully, like he could be <clears throat> what Curtis Samuel was kind of this year, just wilding out and getting carries, uh, receiving yards, all that in a, in a in a good offense. Yeah, and I, I think both these guys could definitely coexist. I think they complement one another very well, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, DJ Shark as your your big downfield presence, uh, and then LaVisca should not work in that short to intermediate range uh, and somebody that can be used in, in, in other facets of, of the game there. So, uh, you know, there's no reason to not like both these guys, but uh, don't be surprised if if you if uh, if you hear me pounding the, t- pounding the drum for Visca next year. The, but the drum has so, not been silent, so... <laughs> hey, no, I silenced it a little bit mid-season, you know, I I think if someone yeah if the Jacksonville can embrace who this player is and that is really come down to that too embrace his play style he can be a well guess who's guess who's rumored to be the head coach of the Jags mm, let me hear it Urban Meyer Ooh, oh okay Percy Harvin oh yeah uh huh we got Percy Harvin we have some there's, <laughs> we got Curtis Samuel we have some Braxton Miller yeah in there all these too. guys all the gadget guys you oh, uh-huh. give me that give me all of that please if that yeah okay. <laughs> And I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is who he recruits. This is the uh, type of player Urban Meyer recruits. So, yeah, he knows how to use that. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe this is why he's even trying to take the job because of Visca. Yeah, maybe. He's like, oh, they got the guy there already that I need. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get Trevor Lawrence to run this whole thing. So, or Justin Fields. Oh, Justin Fields, man. I'm, I don't know, man. I, I, Justin Fields. <laughs> no. I mean, I have to dumb down my love for Justin Fields because then it's going to happen. Oh no! Don't don't have love I, for him yet, because then I've, it's too late. I already do. Oh yeah! And if he, if he beats Bama, my pants are coming off. <laughs> <laughs> where um, where are the Jets also in uh, their pick? That's the number two. Oh well, um, you know, it might be nice. That might be nice. Justin Fields in green. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Very be very well. Could be nice. You know, can't get my hopes up though, because nah, otherwise nah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, moving on to the last position that we're going to cover today, and it is the position that everybody misses on. Oh, yeah. Nah. Everybody had misses. This, <laughs> Nobody. This, this, <laughs> you even have to do this category now. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start off by this, by saying this. Uh, my first miss is not having Travis Kelsey as the number one tight end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yep. I, I had George Kittle. Ah, injury though. Like I, it doesn't matter. Travis Kelsey was <laughs> like the advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, he was amazing. Absolutely. Um, I mean, pulling this up now, but Travis Kelsey points per game. Uh, yeah, I mean, fourteen point nine points per 
Oh nope, nope. Sorry. Seven, yeah, seventeen point four and half. Seventeen. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. seventeen point four points per game and half PPR scoring. Three points uh, over the two, which is Darren Waller. So yeah, definitely a clear. And those are the only two yeah, guys. So that's the, <laughs> that that's double the drop off. Yeah, <laughs> drop off was horrible, crazy. Oh, oh no, you had you know yeah George yeah uh, Darren Waller, oh, yeah. George Kittle, Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews all yeah. in double digits, yeah. but. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the clear advantage there, seventeen point four. I mean, four four more points than the tight end two. Wild, uh, wild stuff there from Travis Kelsey. So yeah, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that as a hit. I'm gonna take that one on the chin. But uh, Greg, we had this conversation. Where are you drafting Travis Kelsey? Where are you gonna try to draft Travis Kelsey um, in drafts next year? Uh, I think if I'm not one on one, I'd be happier. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think if I'm not one on one, I'd be I'd be willing, I'd be ready to do it and pull the trigger on taking <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Yes, I'm I'm on board with taking the, the difference breaker. Uh, in I think yeah, it should be it should be it shouldn't be like uh by position or now anymore. First round should be qualified as just dif- difference maker, no matter what the position. Um, and Travis Kelsey is just based off numbers and. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So either him or Derrick Henry, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you I want your first, pick. you want your first overall pick to not be a bust, right? Or for your first round pick to not be a bust, and especially the first overall pick, you know, right? You know, this year it was CMC. Last this this year was CMC because he he was giving you an advantage. He was the difference maker, and when he was playing, right? he like, was still getting like twenty five fantasy <laughs> points per game. So, yeah. And that is why I think I would still take Travis or you know CMC as number one. I mean, and you know I love my running backs, bro. Like I can't. I know. Like, I know. There's no <laughs> running backs that can hit this I year can't. as a whole, though. As far as just I don't know productivity yeah. because of the NFL and utilizing more 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 running backs. I mean, on a points per game basis, Travis Kelsey was the 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 wide receiver three. Yeah, yeah. He was the RB five, <laughs> I believe, too. If you. Uh, yeah. Let's check that out. Yeah, I think he'd be yeah, wide receiver three, and I believe it was the RB five. Yeah, he'd be the running back five. Yeah. Yep. Crazy man. Yeah. So, uh, man, I think yeah, I think I might be with you now. <laughs> I mean, you put it like that. Yeah. I'm gonna top five, and and it's a position that nobody else can have. No, no, no one else is gonna, no be gonna able match, to match that. Me at that. Nope. No one's gonna match that. Can't predict. Uh, match. just for just. Just for fun, he was the quarterback thirteen. Oh yeah, <laughs> super flex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tied with Joe Burrow. <laughs> Crazy. Um. All right. Yeah. That's that's that would be my miss there. And then, Greg, what other miss do you have? I know I have a huge one here that I have to talk about. But what misses do you have here, Greg? Oh yeah, I think because of the passion all year of this guy, I've talked about. You knew he was a miss for me. Oh, it's definitely got to be Evan mm-hmm. Ingram. Giants mm-hmm. nation bust of the year, Evan Ingram. So many drop pivotal passes. Again, I remember the lab conversation I had with you. Evan Ingram dropping that pass against the Eagles essentially ended their season because they lost by one game in, in for the division. So uh, them losing that game, he dropped a couple passes against the Cowboys. Luckily, I won that. Um, he was top five in drops. He was just you know not. He didn't finish in the top twelve at all. Um, just a year that you know, and it, it wasn't. I don't think it was a you know a quarterback or anything because he was getting the targets, he was getting the receptions. He just I don't know. He was just wasn't there. I don't know what he was happening. Can't explain. Never in the room sometimes. 
Uh, Evan Ingram. I'm, I'm actually going to take this one with you, Greg. Evan Ingram, he was my tight end eight. Yep. Finishes Seven. the mm-hmm. tight end 18. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was a really weird year for Evan Ingram there. Uh, you really, you know, the targets were there. The usage was a little weird, but at least he was getting targets. You know, he yeah, was getting he usage. Was. He was getting targets. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, top five in drops, that'll, that'll you know, make make uh, that'll be that'll make you, your season a little bit worse there too. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not the season that we wanted from Evan Ingram. I'm stalling here a little bit because I don't want to get up to my next guy, but I'm going to uh, <laughs> staying on the topic of a New York tight end. Oh uh, man, I'm going with Chris <laughs> Christopher <forgot>. Herndon. <laughs> <laughs> I had him as my tight end seven. <laughs> he finishes the tight end fifty-one. Uh, talk about a, a swing and a miss. That's a big, a big whiff and a miss here. Um, you know, I thought he would be the top target in this offense. I underestimated Adam Gase's poor usage of Herndon, who worked as a lot as a blocker, um, a lot in pass protection as well. But when he was used as a receiver, he couldn't hold on to the football. Whether it was poor drops, uh, he was. He was 11, uh, 12th at the tight end position. And, hey, he was top 12 in something this year. Uh, in blocks? In drops. Was he top 10 like, <laughs> no, blocking? <laughs> pancakes? No, he was top 10. <laughs> pancakes? No, definitely not that. Maybe getting pancakes. Uh, but he was he was 12th in, in, uh, in drops at the tight end position. And, you know, the occasional time that he did catch the ball, he would just fumble it away. Uh, I know he had at least three fumbles on the on the season. Mm. <laughs> he fumbled. He had back to back games with fumbles. Mm. <laughs> I remember to start the year, week one to week two. Uh, it was just not a good year from Christopher Herndon. Uh, and you know, I'm hoping that maybe Adam Gase, because uh, we, you know, it's funny because he did come on at the end of the year. Uh, you know, was starting to have some decent games. Uh, had uh, some six. Uh, I believe it was 60 yard games to close the year if I'm not mistaken uh, caught a touchdown against New England uh, caught a touchdown in uh, the week prior or a couple weeks prior to that too so uh, he was coming on you know maybe without without uh, Adam Adam Gase in the future maybe Chris Herndon to somebody that uh, still has a chance from a dynasty perspective because this is a guy that's still I mean, we talk about it all the time 500 yards receiving as a rookie uh, on 39 catches with a rookie quarterback. Uh, so, um, you know, is this something that, you know, maybe a new quarterback, a new coach, will this situation potentially be better for Chris Herndon? I don't know. But in Dynasty Leagues, I'm kind of just holding him because I am not. I don't want to cut him because he's just like my third string tight end. That, but I mean, that process works know. for uh, Noah Fan and Mike Kosecki. So it, it works, the 500 yards rookie season. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll come around. <laughs> Yeah, man, and the process of getting rid of Adam Gase also worked for oh, like a second. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so probability there is 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 pretty high here for Christopher Herndon that that maybe he could he could uh, out come out of this slump here. Um, but yeah, you know, what about you, Greg? Any other misses at the tight end position? Uh, definitely, I think my last one's probably Austin Hooper, um, a guy that you know we. we I had in my top 10, um, just a guy, you know, coming up his career year last year with Atlanta, uh, getting signed with, you know, with Cleveland, it would have been, you know, nice, especially with Baker, a guy that uses his tight end. Uh, so, you know, he was dealing with injury, but he did get targeted and just in games, he never really had that, that breakout.
Yeah, Austin Hooper was an interesting one. I I, th- I had him at 14. I mean, once we get down here, you know, I think we talked about it in season, right? Yeah. You know, the the difference I the projected difference I had between the tight end 12 and the tight end uh 14, which is Austin Hooper, was like 9 points. That that equates to like half a point a season or half a point a game. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's like a catch a game, like really not there's really a marginal difference there. Uh but I had Austin Hooper as my tight end 14. Uh, he finished much later than that, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, he uh, uh, fin- finished 24. And, yeah, and Tony Ponce, he finished 21, but yeah, not as well in average points, I could imagine. Yeah, points per game, he was 26. Um, so, that, yeah, quite quite the fall off there. He definitely was a guy that I was interested in taking. Yeah. Um, you know, start the year, I think, you know, he did have slightly better. It was slightly getting better for him uh, when Odell went down with the injury, but... Uh, yeah, no, he, he, I think the usage of the other tight ends there as well, uh, you know, made it tough there for, you know, Harrison Bryant. He's somebody that I've been intrigued by all year. I'm still intrigued by oh, yeah. Harrison Bryant. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, Austin Hooper tight end is tough, man. There's always going to be some of these guys. Um, you know, one of the guys, you know, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a miss on. It's going to be Gronk, man. Uh, I, I had him as my tight end 20. Finished as tight end seven. Um, and, you know, he, he was a guy that you were super high on to start the year, mm-hmm, Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, I think, your t- was he your he was tight, my tight end? 12. Yeah, he was my tight end 12 coming in here. But he was your sleeper, though, or he something He was like that, my, right? uh, I believe he was either my ride or die or just, like, uh, someone that I was yeah, high on. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I mean, the roller coaster, yeah, yeah. I had him preseason-wise. I loved him. Mid- during the year, I didn't like him. Towards the end of the year, he was, I liked him, but yeah, not. I mean, I, you know, it comes all full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, for sure. I, I mean, like I said, I know you were high on him, uh, and then you soured. But we kind of flopped. We kind of flip flopped rows here, uh, where I was pounding the table for for Gronk as the season went on or started to go, because uh, I realized that you know, hey, this he's getting more targets. He's starting to look like his old self mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady's starting to look a little bit more comfortable. Um, so. You know, definitely gonna gonna call that one a miss from my part. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw T.J. Hawkinson down, even though I don't really feel like I should be claiming this one as much because, you know, we talk. He's a guy that we talked about. I had him. I had him as my tight end nineteen. Uh, finished in terms of points per game uh, as the tight end four, but or tight end five rather. But um. He was a guy that, or sorry, tight end seven in points per game. I mean, CJ Uzama didn't really play. Uh, <laughs> he played two games, so yeah. I'm just going to yeah. say tight end six. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that we talked about. Like, I would draft him over Austin Hooper. I said, you know, I would draft him over Hayden Hurst um, at the end of a draft because he's he's one of these guys, year two, could break out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was my start of the week, week one. Mm-hmm. So I don't really feel like I should be taking this L on TJ Hawkinson. But yeah, I believe TJ Hawkinson was for the, on the most start of the week of all. But between the both of us, he was definitely <laughs> start of the week the most for the tight end position. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all I got for tight end, Greg. What about you? Yeah, no, I think that's uh, pretty much it. All right, man. So that is all we got for misses. I'm sure we had some more than that, uh, but these were the the big ones, uh, the ones that that maybe kept me up at night. I was look, I was really trying to find a way to put Hunter Henry on here as a miss, but uh, couldn't <laughs> couldn't justify couldn't justify it. <laughs> um, 
But next year or next week, rather, uh, that's when you. That's when we're gonna talk about the the hits. Oh yeah, that's when I start feeling myself at the whole episode. You know, I yeah, Birdman hand rubbing the entire time. You know, that's 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 my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll be a fun one. I mean, this was fun too. It's always fun to you know, go back, look at your process. Could be full uh, of myself. Inverse. You know, It'll be full of love, full of you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So uh, next next week we're gonna cover these hits. Uh, you know, might have to uh, temper your expectations for how braggadocious we won't get on here. Yeah. Because it it could get it might get really bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> so so um, everyone, we appreciate you for listening. Uh, please, everything going on out there. Please just stay safe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Just be smart. Take care of one another. Um, but just please be safe. Um, but, yes, we will be back next week. Again, we're one episode a week, uh, maybe even shorter than that. Um, you know, holiday season. Got to spend time with family and stuff. Uh, and But, the um, you know, like we said, we'll, we'll cover the hits next week. And then maybe something that, like two weeks after that, maybe you'll get some, some dynasty talk from me. Um, but... Until then, we'll catch y'all later. Um, have a good one. And uh, again, as always, follow us. Sorry, haven't done this in a while. I've had a week off, so I forget how to do an outro. But uh, if, if you could just follow us on social media at FF Diagnostics on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow Greg on Instagram at we underscore made it. And then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JR Football Nerd. Have a good one, everybody. And we are out. Yeah.